the Kingdom Perspective broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Our precious God, we thank and exhort you once again. We magnify your name for your faithful. You just told us through this song this morning how much we need to love you because you first of all have loved us. We appreciate your love. And one of the ways by which we come to you to receive light and life is through your word. Grant us insight, therefore, even as we read this day, Father, to your praise and to your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Alright. So and continue with this is going to be like a B part of the part 2 in terms of idol worship but remember what I'm dealing with everyone is a believer everybody is a believer you can't say you are an atheist and those are people who say there is no God nobody is an atheist everybody is a believer if you don't believe in the true God You believe in yourself So you made yourself a God But the important thing is you believe So you can be an atheist And saying there is no God But again Psalm 53 tells us when you say there is no God He said you are a fool It's a fool that I've said in his heart There is no God And then we come to the issue Of idol worship there are those who feel they don't believe in the almighty God They believe in idol, they worship idol Or they want to worship the almighty God Through idols And that's part of what we started dealing with last week But again The main text we're dealing with is Mark chapter 9 Verse 23 Mark 9 verse 23 Everyone is a believer Every man is a believer Okay Mark chapter 9 23 says And when Jesus came into the, to the ruler's house Jesus said unto him, If thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Verse 23 says, He came to the ruler's house, and verse 23 says, If thou can believe, all things are possible. I've said this several times. This is a very strong scripture. If people can have understanding about it. I remember one of my friends almost got into conflict with me recently because of my belief in this scripture and because of what the Lord told me all these are possible to them that believe it means you make possibilities out of your faith in terms of what you believe so let me put it this way knowing a thing doesn't make the thing work until you believe in that thing He said, Pastor, what are you talking about? Now listen to this. Scripture says, To them that believe, He gave power to become what? The sons of God. It is said to those who know. So for instance, The Muslims know about God. I mean Jesus. Even in the Quran, They believe that Mary Magdalene was a virgin who gave birth to Jesus. They know that. But why are they not saved? Because they don't believe in Jesus as the Son of God. 
And John tells us to them that believe he gave power to become the sons of God. So, belief attracts power to manifest. So to them that believe, he gave power to become the sons of God. And here again, to them that believe, all things are possible. And one of the things you have to understand from this passage is, what is possible is what you believe. So, if you believe you're going to die tomorrow, it's possible you're going to die tomorrow. Meaning, God cannot help you beyond your belief. Are you listening to me? Scripture tells us that the children of Israel could not enter the promised land because of what? Unbelief. What hindered them? Their unbelief, not because God didn't say it. What do you believe? That's the key point. So whatever you believe attracts. Now when he said all things are possible to him that believe it. All things. He didn't say God. He didn't say miracles. It's all things. That's what I'm saying. So if you believe in poverty, no man can help you out of your poverty. Not even God. All things is all that he said. Not some things. No, no, no. Not just healing. No. If you believe they wish you're going to kill you tomorrow, you're definitely going to die because that's your belief. To them that believe, all things are possible. Are you listening to me? So for me, I know that there are wishes, but I don't believe in witches. Does it make any difference? Why? Because when you believe, the power of witchcraft works on you. Merely knowing can bring the power to your life. That is why because you believe Jesus, you are saved. Not because you know about Jesus. What you believe is what works. Therefore, when you make idols and you believe in the idols, there are powers that are manifested from the idols. Not because idol is anything. You empower the idols to become something by your belief. Are you listening to me? That's what I made mention to you two weeks ago. In this country, we had first at 77. And then we said they brought demons to the country because of the art festival. But the same art pieces were taken from Benin and everywhere into the UK and whatever. And the country is struggling to get those things back. If they are demons, why are they not affecting the people over there in the UK? But when they bring those same art pieces back here, they become demons. So who is empowering the artwork? We. But I believe. Is it making sense to what I'm saying here? You carry a sculptural piece to the US. To them, it's a sculptural piece. They used to decorate everywhere. I remember one home I visited, I think, in Philadelphia. The sister used to travel anywhere she travels to, she must buy an art piece. When you get to a house, be amazed. All manner of even canoe paddle, everything is right in the house. She just loved artwork. I have never seen the devil troubling that woman with all those things then. But we, once we have that, then the demons are working. So where are the demons coming from? We empower those artwork 
by a belief system. Is anybody following what I'm saying here? So to them that believe all things must come. Therefore you must choose what to believe. Because what you believe, you empower. That is why you must choose what you hear. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you go to a church where all that they preach is the power of the word, the power of the devil, guess what? You are going to continuously be oppressed by those powers because you are receiving faith, which is now a negative faith. You go to church where they tell you you can't survive because your, your grandfather died in a well being a drunkard. Therefore, drunkenness is following you. You're going to die being a drunkard because that's your faith. You just believe that. Are you still following what I'm saying here? Let me read the scripture here. Deuteronomy 24 verse 16. King James. 24 verse 16. The fathers shall not be put to death for the children. Neither shall the children be put to death for the fathers. Every man, hallelujah, shall be put to death for what? For his own sin. You can't die for the sins of your fathers. That's a stupid theology that the church is propagating. If something is happening to you. Say, oh well, because your father, yeah, generational causes. Nonsense. It's not Bible. Everyone will die for his own sin. The sin of the father is precious to God. I mean, the life of the father is precious to God. Just as the life of the child is precious to God. You can't die for the sin of your father. The Bible didn't teach that. So when people come and begin to drum it to you, do you know why you're not making progress? Because your father was a poor man. Do you know why you're not making progress? Because there was an idol in your father's house. It's all lies. It's religious deception. Because you have no faith in what Jesus has done. It's here. Write it down. Show them to your pastor. No man is allowed to die for the sin of another man. The only man that did that was Christ dying for your sins. Not the sins of your father. You can't die for the sin of your father. Now can you be poor because of the sins of your father? It's a lie. Praise God. Is it making sense to you? People should read this book. Glory to God. Idols, oh come on, forget it. There is nothing like an idol. Uh, let me read down. Maybe that will help you. First Corinthians 8, verse number 4. Because you have faith. Ah, ah, an idol, an idol worshiper. You have belief. You only believe in idol. Don't say you are not a believer. You are a believer, but you believe in idol. Are you there? As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols. We know <laughs> that an idol is nothing in the world. And that there is none other God but one, one God. An idol is nothing. Makes no difference. You are the one empowering sticks and calling them gods. You are the one making idol of sculptural pieces. There is nothing like God. Yes, only one God. Those things are nothing. The Bible says they are nothing. We know. That's the key point. That conviction from your heart that there's nothing like an idol. I mean, come on. 
you, you see, don't make the mistake to go and put a red cloth in front of my car. I will just tear it to pieces and drive my car away. I don't believe in all those rubbish. Nothing. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Are you there with me? That's not like an idol. The scripture says it and very plain. We are the one empowering those things we call juju. We are the one empowering them. That's not like an idol. It takes faith. You just believe in the idol and you have faith manifestation. Demons manifest to prove that the shrine you are worshipping is a strong shrine. I asked you the question the other day. How many of you want to be a juju priest in this house? No, just think about it. Have you seen how the juju priests look like? Very dirty. Huh? What kind of God is that? Very dirty, very cheap. They don't dress well. Even if they have all the money, they can't dress well. They tie cowries on their head. They don't shave. They don't bathe. They stink. And you call that God? And he said, the power that when you go there, they make you rich. Why are they not as rich as they are claiming they could make you? They said they will make you rich. Yet they are not rich. Oh, come on. Is anybody following what I'm talking about? It's just stupidity. Ignorance. There's nothing like a devil. There's no, I mean, no idol anywhere. We make powers out of the things we believe. So what you believe empowers that thing to work. So we have your faith in God, believe in God. You're going to be saved. You're going to be delivered. You're going to be set free. And God has a lot of promises. Let me write. I'll be able to show you some of the promises. This is why he said in Exodus 20 verse number 3. Look at what he says. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Why did he start with this? Because he's a jealous God. Hallelujah. Is that okay? He's a jealous God. Look at the next verse. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above like birds or that are in the earth beneath like fish or that is in the water and under the water under the earth don't make any graven image look at the next thing thou shalt not bow yourself unto them nor serve them for I am the Lord thy God I am a jealous God visit him the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third the fourth generation of them that hate me I have explained this several times so you can go to my website and take a look at that www.davidogaga.org i've explained that what i mean the fourth and third generation uh, if you look at this scripture it says, i will visit unto the fourth and the third generation not the fifth not the sixth not the seventh how many generation fourth generation it stops there why because five is the number of grace you come into the fifth generation you step into grace and grace is from the later h which is number five of yahweh so when god called abraham was an idol worship he took his nature which is from yahweh added it to abraham and became what abraham so the h becomes the divine nature of god that he imputed into who into abraham to become Abraham. He was an idol worshipper. Tell me where he went for deliverance. The father was an idol worshipper. Show me where they went for deliverance. God simply put his nature. And guess what? 
through the sacrifice of Jesus, God has given to you his divine nature. Are you following what I'm talking about? He said, I will visit unto the third and the fourth. Now, look at the next thing there. The third and the fourth generation of them that do what? Hate me. So the first question, ask yourself, do you hate God? If your answer says no, why are you expecting the iniquity to be visited on you? The principal thing is hatred. Even if God must do that, is bound by one thing. I can't visit iniquities if he hate, if he doesn't hate me. So God plays himself in a structure to determine what to do. The only reason I can do that is when they don't hate me. I mean when they hate me. But if they love me, I won't do it. Do you love God? Why are you expecting your father's iniquity to visit on you? It's religious ignorance. And what preachers have told you. Look at the next thing. Let me show you something here. Look at the next verse. <laughs> and I will show what? Mercy unto which people? Unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So two things you're looking for there. Hatred and what? Love. Do you love God? Why must you expect a generational cause? Ignorance. I was speaking to a friend in the U.S. who gave me a call. Talking about this issue. You see, when you go to the book of Numbers, <clears throat> time is not there to deal with that. But the Bible tells us, when a woman takes a vow in her father's house, and now she wants to get married, and the husband said, no, I'm not interested in that vow, that that vow is nullified. I mean, if you remember that. So what does that mean to you? When you were in your father's house, you believe in the idols, you have covenant with idols, you made a vow with idols. Now you are married to Jesus, and Jesus said, I nullify your vows before you got married to me. Are you getting what I'm saying? So no covenant you made before you came to Christ can work, because your husband just simply said, now I nullify those vows. I don't agree anymore. Why? You've taken a new name. Anytime you get married, why do you change your name? <laughs> you change your name, you're changing your identity. If your father's name was Mr. Koro, now you become Sister Gabriel or Mrs. Gabriel. Why did you change your name? The fact that you change your name from Mr. Koro to Mrs. Gabriel shows you have no relationship with the old level. So the day you get married to Jesus, your old covenant is broken. Somebody you need to get that. He said, we need to read this book. <laughs> we don't just pick scriptures and be running around and fooling around and deceiving people all over the place. No. How can you be married to Jesus and you're still keeping your old covenant in your father's house? No. Scripture didn't say that. So the day you got married and your husband look at the vows you made in your father's house and say, no, I don't like this vow. God just dishonored that vow. So the day you came to Christ, taking him as your husband, I tell you something, by your understanding, everything you ever had in your father's house is nullified. Even if your father was an idol worshiper, it stops there because you've changed your name. Are you following me? 
Glory to God. Okay. Let's just move on very quickly. I don't know how far we can go with this. Go with me to 4th John chapter 5 verse number 20. 4th John chapter 5 verse number 20. Some people need to have their head opened. So that the scriptures can go in. <laughs> Are you there with me? And a lot of us don't read. We believe what people say. And that is our biggest problem. Most especially if the person saying it is somebody that you respect so much, who is highly respected, who's been in the faith for so many years, but you forgot that revelation knowledge has nothing to do with how old you have been in the faith. Nothing to do with that. Oh, do you know how long that might have been worshiping God? That might have been a papa. You know, since over 60 years, a papa. That does not, papa does not make him know what God is saying. If it is being Papa in the faith, then people like Peter should have known more than Paul. But Paul came in and Peter confessed that the things that Paul is sharing, they are difficult for me to comprehend. So it's not about Papa. It's not about how long you've been in the faith. I know fathers have wisdom, but when it comes to revelation knowledge about the things of God, no, no, no. God reveals to people, not how old you are in the faith. That's why we still preach the kind of things to preach and put people in bondage. First John 5:20. And we know <laughs> that the Son of God is come. Not not has come, not will come, is come. Present reality. And has given us an understanding. That we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even his son Jesus Christ. This is what? The true God and what? Eternal life. Look at the next thing. Little children. Keep yourself from what? Idols. Don't make God out of something else other than Christ. <laughs> are you sitting there with me? No, why do you think John had to end the message this way? We know that God has given us his son and his name is Jesus Christ and he is the true God, eternal life. Keep yourself from idol. Don't think anything outside of this. Don't believe anything outside of this. That Jesus is God. Anything outside of that is idol. So now listen, I'm moving from your idol you keep in your room to the real idol in your heart because some of you think that the only thing when we talk about idol is when you make a little thing there no so many of you idol worshippers are known to you when you see jesus to be somebody different from god <laughs> when you see your faith relying on something that your pastor shows you outside of your faith in christ you are an idol worshiper. Keep yourself from idol. By the way you think. Are you still with me? By the things you believe. I was sharing with your sister. Let me show you something. Deuteronomy 13. Let's look at verse 1 to 4. Let me show you something. How some of you get into idols unknown to you. If there arise among you a prophet 
or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder that give you a prophecy now verse 2 and the sign or the wonder come to pass wherefore he spake unto thee saying let us go after other gods which thou have not known and let us serve them thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dream for the lord your god proved you to know whether you love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul can you get that now listen closely it's not that a prophecy is false he gave you a prophecy he came to pass but the prophecy and what he's asking you to do is contradictory to the word of god do you see how you serve idols so men come give you prophecy and say hey i just saw a prophecy now um you're gonna have an accident on the road but this is what you must do just bring one fowl i bring fifty thousand and buy two olive oil i'm going to do something what do they call that one sacrifices no there's a name they call eh? no what we don't do some work we don't do some work are you listening to me you're already into idolatry worship you are already serving an idol even if it tells you oh, come on what if it says you're going to have an accident all you need to do is to pray and nullify it you walk away you don't need to bring fifty thousand. you don't need to bring olive oil you don't need to bring native chalk no sorry no they don't bring native chalk right <laughs> glory to god are you see here with me if a man gives you a prophecy and they tells you to do what takes your faith away from christ that's an idol worship that's why I say, no, God has given us understanding that Jesus is the Son of God. And He's come and has given us this understanding that He's a true God and eternal life. Keep yourself from idols. So idol is not just what to put in the corner of your bedroom. Much more than that. Even in the church, we're worshiping idols. Anything that takes the place of Christ is an idol. Anything that takes your faith away from Christ is an idol. Let me show you this. Someone said, Pastor, do you mean even olive oil? No, I'm not saying olive oil is an idol, but listen to me. Let me give you the simple thing. If, if I have to give you olive oil, and you walk in the sea, you're a sailor, and you keep on using your olive oil when you're praying in the morning, praying in the evening, anointing the boat, anointing the engine, and, all, and the oil got finished. At a particular point now you're in the high sea and maybe you you mistakenly went with only one and as somebody is just dying on your front and god said pray now you can't pray because there's no olive oil are you listening to what i'm talking about where is your faith olive oil what has happened the olive oil has taken the place of christ in your life is anybody following what i'm talking about therefore you have made an idol out of what olive oil this is how you have been deceived. Greater is he that is in you that he where that is in the world. You need to understand what God is saying. Stop being an idol worshiper. You are a believer. Not because you carry the Bible. You can only be a believer who knows what God says and stay with what God says. 
Are you still with me? Praise the living God. I told us here a story some time ago. There was an elderly man in my father's village. Anytime I go to the village to see my dad then, when he was alive, I used to bless this man. I'll give him stuff. I'll go to his house. I'll give him money. And one day he saw me on the road and he said, My son, I'm told you're now doing pastoral work. I said, Yes. He said, Listen, I don't know what to do for you because you always bless me. But I have one thing I want to give to you. Just plant it in front of your church. Your church will be full overnight. My son is using it for his school. I don't want to make sure the school is in this city. He plants it in the front of his gate of his house of, his, of the school. And students begin to come in. Say, Pastors, come to me. I'm not waiting for you to come to me because you have been a blessing to me. I just want you to have it. Your church will grow. Then I ask a question. When the church grows, by what conviction do I have they were brought by Jesus? It's about pastors are looking for it and they are coming to me in the village to get it. I say, sir, I don't need it. The scripture tells me precisely in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 10, 27-28, it tells me something. When God anointed Saul, all those who God have touched their heart, they went with Saul. It is the people that God wants me to pastor that he will give to me. He said it in Jeremiah. I will give you pastors after your own heart. After my heart. I will give you pastors. I will teach you knowledge. That means there are some people he sent me to. Not everybody. Are you listening to me? You can be a Christian and still be an idol worshiper. After all, what was wrong with that? More people will come to the church. Evangelism through planting. <laughs> Glory to God. And how do you know some of those things you see in the city? How do you know how their churches have become what it is? And that is what mesmerizes sometimes. You want to go to the place that is heavily and low. There were so many people. But how do you know they got to that place? Do you know where they came from? Do you know where they visit? Do you know where they meet? If a prophet gives you a prophecy and asks you to do something else. I think it might share something recently. Here was a church. They want prosperity. They want their lives to be sweet. The pastor said, come with a bottle of Coke and Fanta. I think Coke and Fanta. Huh? Now you come here, Coke and Fanta, and they pour it over your head. They are not you with Coke and Fanta so that you can be sweet. Daft human beings. That's what Christians have become. I don't worship all over the place. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Some of you listening to me, this is your problem. You don't even know your God. How many minutes more do I have? So much to say. Isaiah 48. Just let me know when you know it is time. We can stop. You want to go to the back? <laughs> Glory to God. Isaiah 48, verse number 3. Let's see. I may have to touch this again next week so that I become idol. I do worship part number 3. Okay. Isaiah 48, verse 3. I have declared okay take it from the NIV in a very simple form I foretold the former things long ago my mouth announced them and I made them known then suddenly I act I acted and they came to pass 
For I knew how stubborn you were, the sneeze of your neck, where iron your forehead was bronze. Therefore I told you these things long ago, before they happened. I announced them to you, so that you could not say, listen to this, my idols did them, my wooden image and my metal gold ordained them, so that you will not say that. Are you sitting there with me? So, God have determined to prosper you. God have determined to bless you. God have determined to elevate you. Man, don't ascribe your greatness to anything that is called an idol. I said this long ago. And when I acted, they come to pass. I'm reminding you so that I don't begin to say, My idol have made me who I am. Praise the living God. Are you still here with me? Hmm? Let me just let me just try quickly finish with this. So I'm in a minute to say more. Okay, that's all right. You see, one of the things that leads to an idol is success. Go with me to Daniel chapter 4, verse 29. Daniel 4 29. This king Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. How oh, glory. Daniel 4. Oh, I got that wrong. 12 months? Okay. No, no, that's not what I'm looking for. Okay, you can still take it. Uh, uh, let me see. <clears throat> that's when Nebuchadnezzar went up to the high mountain. 12 months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, go ahead. He said, It's not this, the great Babylon I have built as a royal resident by my what? My mighty power. And for the glory of my majesty. Is this not? Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? Pride of success came into his head. So now he feels he built the empire by his own might. And some of you have come to that level. But your success has become your idols. Hmm? Look at the next thing. While the word went in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is what? Departed from thee. You lose out when you ascribe greatness to yourself. When you ascribe your success to your wisdom, to your power, you lose out. This is why you see some men go up and they come down. Because they don't acknowledge God. Now let me show you how Nebuchadnezzar got to that power. Jeremiah 25 verse number 9. Hallelujah. I see freedom coming to some of you. Yes, freedom is coming to some of you. Your heart is getting elated. You are beginning to understand the true Christ that you are supposed to be serving. Light is coming to you. 29, I mean 25 verse number 9. God was speaking. Behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, say the Lord, and Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and I will bring them against this land, and against the inhabitants thereof, and against all the nations round about, and I will utterly destroy them, and make them an astonishment, and a hissing, and a perpetual desolation. Nebuchadnezzar, my servant, so God empowered Nebuchadnezzar to do what? To take Israel to captivity. 
God upon Nebuchadnezzar to build the empire. But Nebuchadnezzar did not recognize that. He said, is this not the empire, the kingdom that I build with my mind? And God said, this day, that same kingdom is what? Taken away from you. You're going to be like a beast. You're going to eat grass like animals. You're going to have your, your fingers and your toes grow up like claws like an animal. You're going to be there for seven years until you acknowledge that God ruled in the affairs of men. His empire become an idol for him. May your success not become an idol for you. May your wealth not become an idol for you. Anything that takes the place of God is an idol. That's what I'm telling you. You believe in something. You believe in your wealth. You believe in your family. Oh, do you know the family I came from? <laughs> do you know who gave birth to me? You're serving an idol. You made man your God. Why is this so? Because that's what the scripture says. So I'm going to read this for you and then I'm going to close. Proverbs 16 verse 18 says, Pride goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before what? A fall. If there is anything God hates, is pride. Pride about what you have. Pride makes God out of ourselves. It makes God out of covetousness. Covetousness makes God out of money. Sensuality makes God out of belly. You know, all of this thing, money becomes your God. Praise the Lord. Whatever is loved, whatever is feared, whatever is delighted in, or depending on man than God is what an idol. You depend on man more than God. You depend on your money more than God. You depend on your family name more than God. It becomes an idol. And God is angry with that. Because he doesn't want anything to take his place. So final reading for you. From where we started praying. The book of Exodus 23. I'm just going to read straight from 20. Can I take it from the New King James? Exodus 23 from 23 to 30. That's going to read through it. Behold, I send an angel before you. This is Christ. Don't miss it. To keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgression. For my name is in him. My nature is in him. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies. Can I hear an amen? And an adversary toward your adversaries. I will be an enemy to your enemy. An adversary to your adversary. You don't need to bind an enemy. You don't need to kill an enemy. Whoever chooses to be your enemy is already an enemy of God. I will be an enemy to your enemies. That's why you were asked not to have an enemy. So that he can take care of them. Somebody sent me a message recently. He said, Pastor, I need to pray. I need to destroy some of these enemies who are warring against me. And I need you to join me. Oh, I said, my brother, you give me an assignment that I can't carry. Now, how many enemies do you think you, you have? You might be thinking of one. They can be two. They can be three. And think about that. Scripture say pray for your enemies. So if I start praying for my enemies and I have about 10 of them, where will I finish praying for them before I pray for myself? You'll be foolish praying for your enemies. 
I don't know if you get what I'm talking about. I need to pray for you. So if I have enemies and I'm not God, if I have to follow what God says, I'm praying for my enemies. What time do I have to finish praying for them before I start praying for you? You stop praying for your children because you're praying for enemies. That's why I say, vengeance is mine. Leave those things to me. Just give me praise. Just give me glory. Just exalt my name. Have no other God before me. Hallelujah. And guess what? You can so become fearful of an enemy that the enemy becomes your God. Because your life is now being controlled and dictated by who? By God. Praise the living God. Read the next thing. For my angel will go before thee. I've read this before. Just move on a little bit. Okay. My angel will go before thee and bring you into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanite and the Hivite and the Jebusite and I will call them off. These are seven nations. I don't have time to teach you on that. But I may mention it sometime along the line. Do you know why Jesus said? When a devil is cut out of a man, he goes around and he cannot find any place, go back and find out the place is garnished. And he comes with seven more wicked spirits. He was referring to the Canaanite, the Jebusite, the Hezite. He was saying, you Israel, because you could not stay on with the salvation that I'll be sent to you, which is a me. You rejected me. More enemies are coming to the land just like it's supposed to be in Canaan. Uh, you get what I'm talking about. We teach that another day. Just read on. You shall not bow down to their goals, nor serve them, nor do according to their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break them, break down their sacred pillars. And he said, So shall you serve the Lord your God. And what's the next thing? And he will do what? Bless your bread and your water. And I will make sickness away from what? The means of you. Why? Because you're not serving idols. Why do you think God is saying this? He is saying, when you serve idols, your mind is because they're going to bless your bread. Your mind is because they're going to give you water. Your mind is because, is anybody following that? When you stop worshiping idols, I do this for you. So the reward of out of idol worship is God does what? Blesses your blessing, it blesses your bread, and it takes sickness from the midst of you. What's the next thing he says there? No one shall suffer miscarriage. Can I hear an amen? amen. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in the land. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. So there is no barrenness in the household of faith. Nothing can cause you not to. No barrenness. No barrenness. No barrenness. No barrenness. In fact, the only woman that was barren in the whole Bible was the daughter of Saul. In the whole Bible. Every other one. Think about the wife of Jacob. They only delayed, but they have their children. Are you following that? Hannah. They were not barren. Think of the mother of, 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 of John the Baptist. The one that were called barren have become fruitful. There is no barrenness in the Bible. The only woman that was buying the Bible was Saul's daughter. What caused it? He saw David glorifying God. And then she looked through the window. Everybody was dancing, rejoicing, bringing back the ark. She was in the house. And looked through the window and saw the king dancing. And when the king came, he said, What a king you were. 
you will dance naked before the people today and guess what you are so much of a king right then she was struck barren when you speak against the joy and the glory of God when you speak against those God has sent to exalt his name you are attracting the spirit of barrenness to yourself you can be barren financially you can be barren in every way but the point I'm raising is this get out of idol worship you're going to have your seed you're going to have your fruit you are going to have your children the idols can't give you that how many of you remember we have so many people who go to idols because they are looking for children am i right come on are you with me there are those who go to marine world because they want to get children there are those who go to rocks because they want to get children but the lord said no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land i will fulfill the number of your days that means no power will cause you to die before your time praise god somebody get out of idol worship all of this becomes your benefit because these are the things you're looking for why do you go to the idol house you don't want somebody to kill you am i right you got to go there have to preserve me preserve my children you give them color you give them you know they'll tell you go and bring a dog go bring chicken go bring dog you know and they don't kill all of these things you know what stupid thing the idol priest is always eating fat on your foolishness because the idol does not eat the flesh he eats the flesh and give the idol bones imagine god eating bone and you are serving such god something is wrong with you uh, and they that worship idols are like the idols so you are a bone eater you don't eat flesh that's why you are the way you are things are dry regularly come on <laughs> is anybody follow what i'm talking about all because you are looking for oh my wife okay my children and then you go to idol worship they can give you those things anytime they give to you they even take from you if at all but god is saying get out of all of those things and these are the things i'm going to do for you no barrenness in the land i'm going to take sickness away from the midst of the i'm going to cause you to prosper i'm going to cause your life to be fulfilled you are not going to die before your time i god i'm going to do that because you have no other god before me destroy the idols you have today and let god begin to visit you come on stand up somebody i just want you to get this part right destroy anything that is an idol it could be your time your time could be your idol your time has become so important in the place of god instead of going to service instead of going to worship god you think about your time you don't always give God his time you're making the time your idol think about it I just want you to pray very briefly pray very briefly think about what you do that have taken the place of God in your life is it your time is it your business is it your work is it your family members no anything that takes the place of God is what is an idol think about it and god is jealous i'm a jealous god so he makes you not to be fruitful because he's jealous he doesn't want somebody to take you from him when he uses the word i'm a jealous god it simply means i'm a husband to you and who want to allow his wife to be messed up by another man when you allow time money family business to take the place of god god becomes jealous and the next thing he does he shut it down so that you come back to him he shut down your business he shut down everything so that you come back to him he just want to get your attention because he's a jealous god 
Think about the good things God will do. If only you can forsake those idol worship. If only you can come back to Him. If only you can trust Him. If only you can come to the place of believing Him. Don't let your money be your idol. Don't trust so much about your works. Don't trust so much about the empire you have built. Live for God. Don't trust in your family background. Live for God. It's about time you wake up knowing that God is greater than anything else. That you've come to serve Him because He can make provision. You are a believer. No man is not a believer. There's no a taste. You believe in yourself. An idol worshiper, you believe in an idol. You can also come to believe God. Every man is a believer. Just where you are. If there is something you really want to repent of in your heart, all eyes closed, lay hands on your heart. I want to pray for you. You have come to the place I said that there's something now I know is becoming an idol. Could my business, could my money, could my family, and you want to repent of it? Just put your hands. Somebody is getting free. Somebody is getting free. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, a repentant heart you will not despise. All of this one, Father, who have laid hands in their heart this morning. Repent them before you. A very form of idols that they have in their heart. I pray, Father, that you set them free completely. In the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm demanding anything that have gone wrong because of these idols that they have in their hearts. Oh Lord God Almighty, have mercy. Set them free. Bring restoration to their lives. In the name of Jesus. I pray that God will restore you. Anything you lost, anything you have ever lost, let it be restored back to you in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.